Episode 40. Religious sanity. Good. Back again. Yes. With Pastor Andrew. I like this After part. After Easter. Yes. This is... And we have an Easter theme, don't we? Yes, we do. I would yes. like to really start this in a different way. I want to just read sure. a passage from the gospel. And then we can talk about this. Yeah, is that bring okay? it on. Yeah. This is from John. Mary stood outside near the tomb crying. As she cried, she bent down to look into the tomb. She saw two angels dressed in white, seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. The angel asked her, woman, why are you crying? She replied, they have taken away my Lord and I don't know where they've put him. As soon as she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there but she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Don't hold on to me, for I haven't yet gone up to my father. Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them, I'm going up to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene left and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. Then she told them what he said to her. That's an Easter message from the Gospel of John. My question is, mm -hmm. this seems to happen a number of times post-crucifixion. Post-resurrection. Post-resurrection. Okay. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. Where people don't know it's Jesus. Yeah. Uh, don't recognize him. They don't number recognize of times him. in different uh, gospels it is being reported and, and so on. Uh, I, I think that that is uh, simply a matter of uh, such an uh, unexpected uh, event. Yeah. That they are unprepared to for that and therefore don't recognize him. Uh, that is at least one explanation. These reports are actually reflecting it. I, I'm not saying that this is exactly, that's their experience, you, you know, experience with the resurrection, which is such uh, unexpected, such uh, great change that it takes them time, that it, it, it leads into a long process, theological process yeah. of, for instance, how to describe it, how to name it. It's a, it's out of ordinary, and therefore uh, there are not even words for it, language for it. So, you, you know, you read this story and you probably imagine a physical representation of Jesus or something like that, which might be the case, but might not. Or it might be a gardener who is at that same time for Mary Magdalene, uh, Jesus. Yeah. or his presence. Uh, it's like those two disciples going to MS and, and not recognizing Jesus for 
half a day <laughs> while they are walking and, and discussing and, and talking theology and exegesis clearly and, and, and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, then in a later church, we know that it took uh, at least a generation before all of that uh, way of talking about resurrection was settled. I think that we talked about it before, that there were at least... Uh, several ways of, of talking about res resurrection. Uh, one would be uh, uh, a lifting up to God's presence and as being seated on the right hand. So ascension. Mm -hmm. uh, another one uh, is uh, being endowed with the gift of Holy Spirit. Uh, another one is resurrection from the dead, mm. you know, and its extreme version of empty tomb, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, uh, of course, uh, later on in the church, these all different modes of talking what happened in Easter uh, became subdivided into different periods in, by Gospel of Luke and, and presented uh, individually, like putting on a time scale mm. uh, so that it will be more... Uh, possible to process that in our narrative way of uh, thinking. Uh -huh. But originally uh, there were different ways of talking. These were all different ways of talking uh, about what happened after crucifixion. That they had that major blow of realizing that that was not the end. And how it was not the end then differed for a while and there was this big ferment going on in that group you know the, how we are going to express it what we are how we are going to share it with one another and with others and so that's uh, and what we have in gospels is like after a generation and it is still going on in in gospels you know you can find the traces of this discussion still uh, kind of finishing that fermentation process. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that, that's here. And, and then all different strains of tradition and, and uh, way of thinking about life uh, are brought in to help to express uh, what actually did happen uh, uh, on that uh, Easter of crucifixion and resurrection. And even the word resurrection is one of the ways of talking about it, uh, of course, as, as I mentioned. Uh, so, uh, and, and those different strains which are borrowed from, uh, you, you know, how do you want to speak about uh, something which is completely new? Yeah. Uh, you, you need to compare it to something. And so they used uh, a metaphor or image of resurrection, for instance, uh, which they borrowed from a Pharisaic Jewish tradition of uh -huh. resurrection. And, uh, you know, we talked about it, uh, what resurrection was uh, for Jew Jewish people, that it was a matter of justice, mm -hmm. uh, for instance. Right. Uh, it was like two episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, and they borrowed other themes and other uh, other stories from even other traditions. And this is very beautiful example of it in the Gospel of John. Uh, uh, for instance, that uh, that encounter between Mary and Jesus 
is loosely, not very closely, but loosely patterned after ancient myths of a goddess looking for her dead lover. And you have different versions of these stories through different cultures, but uh, one would be uh, Tammuz and, uh, you know, uh, Sumerian, uh, Sumerian slash Babylonian Tammuz, Damuzi, uh, that'll be the male uh, god, and Inanna uh, as a goddess, uh, you know, looking for her uh, departed lover. Mm. A uh, Greek version of that would be uh, those uh, legends and myths uh, of Adonis and Aphrodite. Ah, yeah. Uh, God Adonis and Aphrodite and Aphrodite looking for her dead lover. Uh, there are slightly different reasons why that uh, God or hero is killed and uh, you know, for what reasons and how the goddess looks for. But uh, it's, it's, it's clearly patterned after this major mm. mid-theme, mm. uh, basic outline of the story. Yeah, you had it even uh, in the Hebrew Bible, indirectly again. You know, here we have it in the New Testament, where Mary Magdalene is looking for her Lord or teacher yeah. or rabbi. Uh, and uh, you can find uh, something similar being hinted in the Song of Songs, mm. uh, where you have uh, in the chapter 3, upon my bed, night after night, I looked for the one whom I love uh, with all my heart. I looked for him and I could not find him. Uh, I will rise now and go all around the city, throughout the streets and squares. I will look for the one whom I love with all my heart. I looked for him, but could not find him. The guards found me, those who made their rounds in the city. The one who I love with all my heart. Have you seen him? No sooner did I depart from them, then I found the one whom I love with all my heart. I held on to him, and now I won't let him go until I brought him to my mother's house, to the chamber of the one who conceived me. Mm. You know, and that's, that's, that's like a poetically reworking into a love poetry, of course. Yeah. But the, you have the similar themes here. Uh, so here you have guards, which are rather frightening, perhaps. Uh, while in that story of Mary Magdalene, you have uh, those angels. Yeah. Here. But they could be also, of, and often are, frightening. You know, they are not frightening in this version of the story, but they are those who are being interrogated and are uh, engaging in a dialogue, exactly like in Song of Songs, for instance, and in some of those other uh, stories of goddesses looking for the loved one. Mm. Uh, and uh, uh, you have here even, there is that explanation why in John, that's the departure, uh, Jesus forbids her to hold on him. 
but you see here this uh, uh, desire to hold him, yeah. you know, and and not letting him go, yeah. which is uh, similarly present in those other mythologies. So uh, here you have. Uh, how they try to use what was in their poetical linguistic DNA yes. to, to lift it up and show how epochal and transformative this whole experience was for those involved. And would the original author, John, or whoever the original author is, mm -hmm. would they have expected that connection between lovers in mm -hmm. this case? Like, you know, meaning like, I know that we, we it's hard for us to mm -hmm. to make that in our mm -hmm. modern times because we don't we don't want Jesus to have been her lover. Oh, and, oh and, there and, are people who want. I know. <laughs> I know. And uh, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'll be here a little hesitant, uh, yeah. Peter. I must say, uh, I, I think that they are more that they are modeling it upon these older versions. Yeah, and I guess that's what I mean. Like, like the, they want that reference to be on the on kind of like the tip of the tongue of the of the mm -hmm. of the reader mm -hmm. to kind of like yes, you're saying, yeah. like it's in the DNA. So, so they but, would kind of. They're background kind of, of their mind, it. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, on on the back of their mind. That's they they are say, recognizing yeah. certain features which they are familiar yes. with. They recognize also that it is about uh, uh, important or almost the most important matters of life and death. Yeah. Uh, immediately, as as you start singing these kind of words and and or referencing them directly and indirectly, like it is happening in the gospel, people would immediately it'll click. You know, I'm not saying that they would say, "Ah, oh, Inanna." They they would probably not remember or know that definitely, mm -hmm. but but they would know some version of that story, and. Uh, that would uh, kind of chime in and mm -hmm. that would give uh, gravity to, to, to that story so that they would more recognize that this is important. What is being shared here is, is, is really important. So, uh, and uh, yes, here is probably the biblical core of that, uh, those legends or those desires to put, uh, now using modern idiom, uh, putting uh, Jesus and uh, Mary Magdalene into one bed. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, I think that it is uh, a little exaggerated here. It is more like a devotion towards the teacher. Right. Uh, and and you know, and it could have it, been one-sided, like like uh, our, our or side. it can be platonic, or you, you know, and it. Yeah. Uh, there is, uh, there are some signs that Mary Magdalene was uh, a unique disciple. Mm -hmm. You know, there were of course twelve apostles uh, and group of apostles, mostly men. Mm -hmm. But there, we we have references uh, in Gospel of Luke, for instance, that the, Jesus had the female followers as well, and Mary is Mary Magdalene is mentioned uh, exactly in that reference uh, in the Gospel of Luke uh, as, as 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 a female disciple, uh, actually among other women who were supporting these guys financially, mm. you know, feeding them and supporting them, and and mm. we know that that was the situation. Say when they went to Jerusalem, uh, that the 
women were financiers of uh, Jesus's movement, mm. uh, at, at least according to Luke and some signs elsewhere in other gospels. Mm. Uh, uh, I don't think that there, there might be a mutual uh, respect and relationship of a teacher and, and, and a student or pupil or follower there. And it does not, that's our drive to sexualize everything. Right. You know, I, I would be a little hesitant of, of doing it that way. Uh, so, but there are, of course, later legends which will try to push it even further, uh, like later legends, modern legends, <laughs> you know, last temptation of Christ, that's right, right. Yeah. you know, very this kind of made into the core uh, plot yes. uh, of, of that film and of that book. Yes. Uh, so uh, I, I don't think that that is uh, what it was. Mm -hmm. uh, it, 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 it was more uh, platonic or more uh, spiritual. Mm -hmm. uh, like an respect towards the leader and teacher and mm -hmm. uh, uh, from a disciple or uh, from a student. And what about the, the aspect of it being a gardener that she thinks he is? That, that's another. That's, uh, that, that's, uh, so this is one area. Uh, of 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 that encounter, you know, or searching for and and finding and holding on, or desire to hold on, that's 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 one mythological uh, strain which is made into the fabric of this story. And then there is the other one you just ask about, and that's that uh, gardener. Uh, it's just a side sentence here present. Yeah. But it's quite uh, hefty. It's actually actually heftier, I would say, or heavier, or more important, uh, with or better pronounced within the biblical tradition, because here you have, uh, and I think that here almost certainly John is intentionally putting it there the author or, you know, John or the author of this tradition within his church, uh, within one generation or something like that, uh, uh, intentionally putting it there. And it is a reference to, an, uh, the, gar to the Garden of Eden, mm. the garden in, in Genesis. Mm. And it is an very brief but very clear an example of uh, typological typological exegesis of early church mm. which would uh, take the stories of the bible uh, of the hebrew bible for them bible uh, and and compare it or uh, through type anti type or archetype and type way uh, pairing together the stories of the Hebrew Bible with the gospel or with the stories about the Jesus or their own experiences, stories of early church, say. And uh, that was 
the earliest form of exegesis, the, uh, the working with the Hebrew Bible, you know, saying uh, Joseph uh, with uh, his uh, going down to Egypt uh, is compared with uh, Joseph taking Jesus down to Egypt in mm. Gospel of Matthew, for instance. That's classical example, another example of mm-hmm. uh, this uh, uh, typology. Or uh, Abraham sacrificing Isaac, that's the typology of the mm. sacrifice of Christ, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so on and so forth. So here we have another example of this typology where uh, the, you have the first uh, uh, man, Ad- Adam, who was entrusted the Garden of Eden to, to be the gardener. And we know how it went. You know, it went that they were thrown out of the garden. And here you have the second gardener, mm. you know, who at the moment of victory and resurrection is, is kind of bringing back uh, that, uh, that hope for, uh, for a new creation mm. and, and a new... Uh, paradisial uh, future hmm. that that is a beautiful example of yeah. that uh, and uh, uh, of course again it goes before uh, Genesis right and and we talked about it I think like three or four or something like that episodes ago uh, when we talked about uh, that the whole tradition of the gardens as uh, yes. as as the place and space really of uh, holiness and worship mm-hmm. that uh, the worship was not only uh, in temples but the gardens were part of the temple complexes and uh, that worship took place uh, there as well and the the temples were surrounded with gardens and those gardens were important they were instrumental reminder of everyone of uh, that ordered origins of the world they were standing, those gardens were standing and representing the entire universe mm. and, and its orderliness. So uh, that, that, that's another uh, part of that. So th- those are the stories which definitely precede Genesis. Right. Uh, so here you have it again uh, brought in uh, this. And uh, then in, in Gospel of John, it is woven together mm-hmm. uh, in, in a unique way that you have here the tradition of a lover seeking for uh, the departed and finding him. Yeah. And then you have here this other strain or uh, another threat mythological threat of, of that garden uh, where it all takes place and we are reminded of that uh, garden of Eden or paradise uh, and and all going back all the way to the time of creation regardless whether it is in Genesis or whether it is in other traditions. Yeah, and you know, up until this conversation, I just thought, in the Gospel of John, he's so 
overly specific sometimes. Mm-hmm. Isn't this true? Like, like he gives details mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that the other gospel writers just don't bother to, giving. And I thought that this was just another one of those, like, why does he have to say that she thought it was the gardener? Until this, like, you mm-hmm. know, then he, it just enriches the whole uh, writerly aspect of this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of the story, uh, and and that that that's gospel of John for you. You, you know, uh, he he is definitely the the youngest among them. Mm. You know, the latest. Yeah, right. Uh, there is the longest time for theological processing, and there is a zest or desire to really present that not necessarily as an historical narrative, but more as a reflection and contemplation on the life of Jesus ah. in Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some issues with it because he is, for instance, the one who, who is the most uh, anti-Semitic, yeah, for yeah. instance. Uh, you, you know, so, but uh, at the same time, you see that, that the church processing and theologically working and and uh, with uh, the gospel and with the message of uh, uh, entrusted to them and and trying to work it into the way so that people would understand yeah. or th- that we would grasp uh, uh, importance and 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 great joy and and, and hope it, it brings. And yeah. uh, the, this side sentence, for instance, is, is an example of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and I as assume that it is uh, in, in this kind of hi- hinting form mm. present throughout the gospel. I actually know it, you, you, you know, that the, there are these dropping of certain details or sentences which are uh, being born again, for instance, mm-hmm. <laughs> that there is that uh, long discussion uh, there. Uh, and, and all of that has some symbolic value and often listens back to ancient times mm. uh, and has mythological and religious antecedents mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like you know for instance uh, there was a celebration of uh, Dionysius where there would have uh, water fountains for the for, for the holiday uh, instead of w- water having their having their wine mm. for instance so you, you, you know or at least legends about it yeah you know, so uh, again, it is kind of like tying in with the broader yeah. culture in a similar way, yeah. and uh, symbolism is definitely brought up. Uh, but throughout the Bible, you know, you have this. Uh, so, the, the, of course, uh, the, the, there is this uh, rendition of uh, uh, I'm the wine, you are the branches. Mm. But it goes back to the, uh, the the prophetic vision of uh, Israel as an uh, vineyard, uh-huh. for instance, and and that again harkens back to this uh, tradition of a garden. Yeah. Uh, in in you know it's more specific because vineyard is as certain kind of garden. <laughs> Yeah, but 
it's a garden. It has a wall around. It has a watchtower to to protect it, uh, and 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 so on and so forth. You know, but it's it's a, uh, and 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 you have hints of it. Uh, you, you know, definitely through the prophets and into synoptical gospel parable uh, of of a vineyard, and then going all the way to gospel of John where Jesus pronounces, I'm the one, you are the branches, mm. you know. And, and here you see again how John is reworking that, yes. but at the same time preserving some of uh, those themes. And this is, the, hearing things like this make me just think, how much we're missing if we don't know this stuff, uh, and how much it's just, we're not getting the full um, impact of these stories because uh, we're not uh, making those connections. Is that is that true, or am I am I worrying you know, too much? I, I I think that it is. It is always great to 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 know more and know the broader context because then it starts speaking more fully. Yeah. And you are not misled in, uh, or you are less misled into finding there's some kind of an fundamentalistic uh, crazy cross-references or something like yeah. that you know and coming up with uh, uh, strange theories or something like that uh, but if you take the those gospels say and and just listen and read them and contemplate uh, i think that the, knowing these ancient uh, traditions which Gospels are bringing in and reusing is helpful, clearly. But even without that, uh, the power inherent in these stories is present in these reworkings in the Gospels also. Mm -hmm. What it helps us when we know this context to be cautious in finding some strange and crazy uh, proofreading kind of uh, text proofreading, mm -hmm. uh, cross-referencing into craziness. Uh, that, that, that you understand that you are dealing with a poetry, for instance. And, yeah. uh, that these are metaphors and those metaphors are powerful and truthful but on a different way than uh, on a literalistic way and and so that is where i see the importance and and that's why i enjoy you know bible classes and myself uh, you know constantly reading and, and studying yeah. and listening and uh trying to to learn more and and continue learning uh yeah. about these contexts and now you have given us this in a podcast form oh my and pleasure. Thank you yeah, for no, no, and thank you for being a partner in, in this oh, discussion and for asking these uh, questions. That's continually fascinating. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Until next time. Thank you.